We made it through all the late night sports. Blue Jays wrap up this Oakland series this afternoon at 3.30, which I love. I love that. I am sleepy, though. How's it going? Did you just say that it's done in the afternoon? Yeah, the, the, today's game, getaway day, is 3.30 for the Blue Jays. I have totally, totally, totally eviscerated my sleep schedule. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm someone who already stays up late and watches late night sports as is, but there's something different about the amount of time we're putting into the work after watching these late night Jays games yeah. versus when it's casual and I'm watching, you know, Steph Curry. I'm mostly just watching Steph Curry at night is basically what it is. It's like when there's Warriors games, I, I watch the Warriors games. Mm-hmm. Uh, You're no, watching I, the Angels. Yeah, I am watching the Angels and Mike Trout. Yeah. Man, really put the Vlad stuff into perspective. And Vlad is uh, on fire, and you can't pitch to him, and he's getting the Barry Bonds treatment. And it's like, hey, Mike Trout has a OPS 200 points higher. Yeah. <laughs> it's stupid. It's stupid, stupid, stupid. And Shohei Otani yeah. walks like six guys in outing, but he, he also strikes everybody out. Yeah. Mike, it's going to be amazing when Mike Trout goes in the Hall of Fame and your kids are like, Papa, what was it like to be the only guy who saw Mike Trout? And you're like, well, children, <laughs> I will carry his tails. Yeah. I will move them forward. Yeah. Papa, why didn't he ever play in a meaningful game? Papa? Coward. He's a coward. Yeah, That's why. He yeah. He liked the weather more. <laughs> he liked the weather more than winning baseball games. Okay. So yesterday was pretty wild. Uh, fun comeback. George Springer. But... I think we should start with the fights. I think sure, we should start with start fight with night. Fights. Fight, fight, fight. Because, I mean, every, not just sports outlet, mm-hmm. not just Canadian sports outlet, North American sports outlet. I actually, you know what? I haven't checked in in the world sports media outlets, but maybe there's, there's somebody on Sky Sports who did a report on, on what's going on between the Capitals and Rangers. I wouldn't put it past them. Mm-hmm. And certainly even beyond sports, like I said, my wife, very aware of what was happening prior to yesterday's game and then certainly after yesterday's game because it comes across her world of TMZ and People Magazine. So, yes, People let's start magazine. with the Buddy, I, I can't tell you how often uh, she's on my computer. I'm like, uh, oh, uh, People.com? She's like, yeah, People.com. Yeah, people still still go wow. to People Magazine. Yeah, congrats uh, to People dot com that they have survived, that they yeah. made the transition. Us uh, Weekly, I can't I can't be as definitive about it, but I know yeah, People I can't, Magazine. I, I can't be- believe that there would be like a Maxim dot com like that. That would have yeah. made it across. Like that's done. Now you're no, I don't think you Google should Google it. that right now. That's probably not appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you. I saw you go for it. My hands. You just yeah. said it, and like yeah. my 12 year old self was like, yeah. it got channeled oh, into man. my fingers yeah. and was ready to. Knowing, All right. <laughs> knowing a guy who had Maxim was one day, you were like, wow, your parents are the coolest people ever. They let you get this. You're like, yeah, uh. that's pretty cool. So. First of all, thoughts and prayers with all the people who were fainting last night. <laughs> all the people who woke up on the f- cold floor this morning yeah. in, in a cold sweat. <gasps> Was there fighting? Yeah. Were they forced to fight? I couldn't believe how many people had that take. They're forced. They were forced to fight. They went out there and they were forced. It's like, man, it's quite a thing in 20... Right now in this year that we're... Seeing athletes just forced, forced to do things. And who will think of them? Who will stand up for the people who can't stand up for themselves? Who, where? Mm-hmm. 
Will there be voices for the voiceless, the millionaire players who have no options but to fight? Oh, they must. Oh, 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 oh. oh, did you see this article about how there was a fighter who didn't like fighting and, and he did fight? Yes, thank you. My goodness. This is such a silly, silly, silly thing. You have the best of all worlds here, people. First of all, the NHL is not going back to a place where it was slap shot level goonery, where every single night was a fight to sell the game. Every rational person knows this, I think anyways. Some people are going to stand on a soapbox and tell you that hockey needs more fighting every single night. It doesn't really seem to be needing fighting, but I think we can all agree that it's missing it some nights. And I think we can all agree that when fights were up this year and the narrative was there's no fans in the stands and people or the players are trying to find energy and trying to find a spark, that it's still valued by players around the league and by those who run the leagues and everything. Fans embrace it, everything. It's so funny to me that Wayne Simmons came to Toronto, said, I'm here to punch people's faces off. And then when he fought Alex Edler, there were actually people who had the take of, he was forced he was forced to do it. He didn't want to do it. He, Wayne didn't want to do that, but he had to because hockey is so criminal and it's just run by villains who have no souls and no hearts and they don't understand that we live in a society. It's a crime. It's a criminal action. It's part of the game. It's a physical game. It's been a part of the game since the very beginning. It's less of it now. And every once in a while, when it's real and it's passionate and two teams want to settle a score, it's incredible entertainment. If it was that every night, it would get boring. But it wasn't. And so it was fun. And that's why last night was one of the most entertaining nights in the entire season of the NHL. How many nights have you paid attention to south of the border hockey this year if you are not a fan of one of those teams? If you're a fan of a Canadian team, how many times have you tuned in for a game and said, I have to watch this? The answer is zero, and that was the first time, and it's because fighting. Fighting is awesome when it's organic. That was organic. That was amazing. I am not a fan of the monoculture, where everything's the same. Uh, and, boy, it does feel like I'm living that on a daily basis now that we're in this lockdown. And when we get out of our houses and we can do different things, and maybe I can go golfing, uh, days will be different. But I'm, I'm sick of the same thing, right? Hmm. I'm sick of... Things are they're just similar, and there's no differences between them. And there's obviously differences between sports. But I think where we've gotten to, in large part, and some of it has been great that we've moved away from direct headshots and intent to injure in many of these contact sports, but that the idea of physical contact entirely is verboten. And I'm not talking about fighting. I'm just talking about physical play and, and hits and just the physicality of sports. Like, okay, that was kind of a side product of the sport. It's more about the skill. It's both, man. Hockey is about both. Football is about Patrick Mahomes throwing it 50 yards down the field, sliding to his right. But it's also about defensive linemen trying to knock him down mm -hmm. and make him feel it so that he thinks twice about getting outside of the pocket next time. Hockey is about Connor McDavid cutting through five defenders and scoring, but it's also about, hey, going into the corners, winning a puck battle, mm -hmm. physical play. 
I think there's a reason. I mean, I, I know there's an obvious reason why people outside of the hockey world were commenting on yesterday's game. I honestly think there's there's people who are not hockey fans, who are fans of of sports that used to be a little more physical, including the NBA, mm-hmm. that miss that element of sports. Mm-hmm. It's an intense competition between people who want to win, who are in physical contact constantly. And sometimes that boils over. Sometimes it's in an ugly manner. And you're right. If we saw it every single day and it was the tomato cans getting back in the league, like the Fraser McLarens and Colt Norris, all right. No comment on names, sir. But And those are two of my favorite. That was like one of my favorite seasons. But yeah, anyways, sure. go on. Yes. Sure, sure, sure. People miss this. We've gone too far in the culture as a whole. And I don't want to go... Like, the idea that we we just swing from extremes, one to the other, one to the other, that there is a middle ground here that we can live in and all be happy. Because I'm with you. And I don't want to feel ashamed. And I... I you shouldn't. I, no, no, no. You shouldn't I don't feel ashamed wait. to like fights. I don't want to weigh in on Twitter. Like, that's the thing. Like, I, you're terrified to even say a positive thing about enjoying the hockey game. And I was heartened to see that some people did. I didn't want any part of it. And that's gross. The idea that I can't enjoy what I did enjoy and feel ashamed for it. No, but here's the thing. You can and you should because that's the reaction of most people. This is the thing about these conversations is that the loudest voices rise to the top, right? And it's the ones who are the fainting couch where they're like, I, it's, it's obscene. There were people where it's like they bring up things that are such ridiculous. Like, I'm just going to talk about things that I saw personally. There's people who are like, it's like a car crash. You look at a car crash, but you know that it's damaging and that people could die. It's like, where are the hockey fighters? Like, who are the guys that have died on the ice? Like, everyone keeps going like, oh, George Peros didn't do his job. And now, like, there was the risk of all these injuries and people were going to get killed and maimed. And it's like, hmm, Tom Wilson was the only guy that I saw on the injury report. And Tom Wilson got the justice uh, that the league wanted to see him get. And that, quite frankly, a lot of fans would probably be too terrified to admit that they wanted him to get, which was having to stand for his actions in that game. I'll never... So there was the car accident one. There's the thing about players post-career. The players post-career thing is so different now than what it once was. Like, we're going to have Versteeg on today, and I'm going to ask him this question, but... The whole thing with fights was that it was goons and it was such a part of the game where it was like your only job and you had to fight every single night and you were preparing yourself to fight every single night. And when you were doing that, it was your only job and it was your only way to make money and your only way to stay in the league. And you were fighting night in, night out, night in, night out. And you were terrified and you could never speak up to anybody because it was so not part of the culture to ever show a sign of weakness that you ended up continuing down this spiral. Who's that now? I, like, no. I'm like I'm being genuine right now. I, I wonder who like the last guys are in the NHL. Like currently, if there's guys that are going to come out and be like, "Hey, I felt like I couldn't say something." Hockey's pretty. Like we we can ch- criticize it all we want in terms of hey, it's still got its flaws and and it could be a lot better in a lot of different regards. But when people look at change, they uh, oftentimes forget all the progress that is actually made because they look at things like the way that it needs to be or should be or the utopian version, and they completely ignore everything that is in between. Hockey has become way, 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 way more aware of mental health. Mm -hmm. 
it takes care of its players, and its players have a platform. Do you really think that if last night those players felt compelled to fight or that this was some kind of forced or organizational pressure or something like that, that one guy wouldn't have spoken out, even in a, right. in a sport where not a lot of guys do? 100% they would have. And I think there was a level of shame also involved there, and you can hear it in some of the tone from some of the players post game about the fact that, hey, that incident uh, with Tom Wilson happens in the second period of that game on Monday. There was plenty of time where they, again, shared the ice with Tom Wilson in that Right, I was going to say, shame that they didn't act sooner, not that right. they did it later. No, 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 that it had to wait God. until a Wednesday game and... Okay, is it probably less of a response yesterday if Tom Wilson is suspended for a game or two? Sure. Is there still a response? Probably. They lost their best player for the final three games of the season. That's, a, that's a, a the, season the that's sad over. part. Yeah. There should have been a suspension of Tom Wilson, and there, should have, there would have still been fights. There still would have been tilts, and it still would have been high energy. And that, you're, you're right, man. One of the things about sports right now that suck and it does suck, is that everybody's really friendly with one another and that regular season games are having less and less meaning now. And so to have a team that genuinely hates another one and a regular season game where you felt as though there were real stakes and real animosity that you had to tune in for, it was pretty rare, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's two conversations here. There's one which is, I think, a straw man argument that people are talking about that being bad for the game in that, like, oh, well, the, the, the idea that more eyeballs are on that, that you need to, to lean into that more and more and more, which I don't think is true. Because Can of the I say one quick said. thing on that? My yeah. favorite other argument, which was, again, incorrect, is the people that are like, but you think that this is going to grow the game, that more eyeballs, that people who just tune in for a couple of fights and then leave and end up not being fans, like, I do. I think that's actually how it works is that you draw people in you don't keep everybody but you keep a couple people and that's a win that's how you grow yeah uh that's what <laughs> like, i love it is though that... people are like uh you think people watching it more and paying attention to it more are really going to create new fans yeah that's how it works so <clears throat> i don't want to pick on it in an individual sport but just because the nba is running opposite of the nhl right now mm -hmm. Like I said, <clears throat> there's some aspects of, of sports and the monoculture in 2021 that get to me. And you, mm -hmm. you talked about it, that the friendly nature of everybody in the NBA and a lot of that permeating through the NHL as well, all of professional sports, everybody's mm -hmm. got generational wealth. They're not battling for their livelihood and feeding their family. Mm -hmm. And how much of even in a 72-game season in the NBA have we seen slog after slog game where it's hard to find any Painful. meaning at all and any fire and passion between players because they know – tonight doesn't matter that one they're set up for life so yes are the the freddie gillespie's gonna have to battle it out and they better show some some life on a nightly basis sure but that's 12 minutes a game like what about the rest of it it doesn't exist when you can show people hey look at our sport this one team season is literally over they've been in, eliminated from the playoffs there's an x or no an e <laughs> next yeah. to their name. Well, there's X also is an good. X. Ne X is next to the Capitals' name, but there's an E next to the Rangers' name. There's three games left. These guys could pack it up and go home, and they haven't. Because one of their brothers was humiliated and injured by a player they get to play two days later, and they're not going to stand for it. 
And maybe it's not the way you would do things, and maybe it's not the way we would do things in real life. Goodness, I hope not. Drop, get out of our cars and fight each other on the side of the highway. But it's not real life. This is sports. And that that passion can still exist in 2021 in the monoculture is, I'm sorry, refreshing to me. It's the best. 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 You're bang on with everything that you just said. And again, this is why it's so frustrating is because all of these conversations end up getting lost in the extremes. And it's why I really value our space. Really, I do. Where there's a lot of times when, you know, I'll put something out on social media, I'll tweet something, I'll do whatever, and I'll think, why didn't I do that? Because I can just actually expand on my thought later. I actually have the luxury of not being only heard in a silo that's directed at mostly people who follow me. And if it goes out outside of that, it gets into people who basically just want to dunk on you or try to tell you some type of a straw man or a half-hearted argument, like I said, the car accident thing or the fighting, like the future of fighting and mental health and not caring about mental health. It's like all these weird places people go because they want to... I, I was thinking about this last night. So much of the stuff on social media is that it's like, you don't even have to be a good person anymore. Like, you don't. You just have to basically act like one on the internet where you go like I'm offended by things that could hurt other people and it's like now I'm good on being an actual good citizen and a good person because that's all I need is like here's my receipts I'm mad about I care about hockey players and not getting in fights I think it's bad oh I think Tom Wilson what he did was attempted murder that's my standard of life and so yeah that's my receipts do I do anything else no but as you can see from these outraged tweets, I am quite a good person. I am a defender of all things just. And you see that through everything, right? It's that that's the prism people look at when they're watching things and they're trying to get it out on social media. They're not watching just that's why I'm like don't overthink it, just watch the fights and enjoy them because guess what? You know what it was? It was a hockey team that hated another hockey team, wanted retribution, went out there and did something that hockey teams have done since hockey was played, and it was an entertaining night. And instead it gets spun into, the league is an embarrassment, and hockey runs a clown league because they don't know how to, and this is on Gary Bettman, and everybody is liable, and this is embarrassing, and it's a clown show. Like, what? It, what have you been watching all these time? What did you think hockey was going to be? What do you want it to be? You want it to be something, and this is all my, I don't, again, I don't want to see stage fights every night. I think fights are fun. I'm actually a lot more tolerant for them than other people are, but I don't think that having them at the degree that we've had them in the past is as necessary. That being said, if you look back and think about, you know, who influenced you the most as a kid or who were most entertaining to you, a lot of people do reference enforcers, right? It's people who resonated most deeply with them. But that stuff gets ignored because it's only a skill league. If it's only a skill league, it doesn't resonate the same way. It doesn't compete against the other leagues the same way, even if you think it does. And at the end of the day, it's an entertainment product. And the guys who play it still value a lot of the tradition that has brought it here. Those same players who were involved in those altercations last night, if they were asked, would you ban hockey or fighting from hockey, they would say no. And that's all I'm saying is that hockey... Fighting is still good for the sport. The ability to fight is still good for the sport overall. I, I, I'm sorry, but it is. Uh, last thing on this from me in this segment, because yeah. we're going to do a lot Let's of it. Let's do today. George Springer. Yeah, we got a first couple team. of guests. But, yeah, no, last thing uh, from me is, like I said, extremes are bad. I have my opinion. You can have yours. If you didn't like that, I, I, that's fine. Like, that's, again, that's okay. you don't have to watch. and but But just don't be pious about it. Like, don't, don't be... From your mountaintop, 
deriding people who do get some joy out of watching something extreme in a sport that doesn't see that every day, but that rekindles something inside of them that is primitive, no doubt. Like, humans have been fighting since humans have existed, and <laughs> we're, we're not uh, 100,000 years ago where it is like we're fighting for our food anymore, thank goodness, but that we can still have a forum where you cannot feel ashamed to enjoy fighting in that forum in professional sports it's fine I, I think it's fine so yeah don't judge us all right again stop saying players are forced <laughs> spent a little bit of time last night going through christopher steeg's hockeyfights.com fighter page it's got almost double digit i think it was one against alex ovechkin which i didn't remember uh, Chris Versteeg, former NHL I would have forward. taken the hard under on nine and a half. That's yeah, incredible. Yeah, I, 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 you know what? I think it was seven. Did but he, yeah, it did was he close, get close credit for scrums? No, like there's some legit fights there, like right. a, a lot of them. Uh, and he held his own in most of them. Uh, Chris Versteeg, former NHL forward, uh, contributor to the NHL on Sportsnet, and uh, and this show joins us online on the line right now. Chris, thanks for doing this. What what is your most memorable scrap? Do you remember? Uh, Patrick Eves probably at center ice and Joe Lewis on like a Sunday afternoon. That was, uh, that was probably the most memorable. There was, there was, I mean, quite a few, um, but that would have been probably the biggest one. Did somebody step on your sneakers before the game? I don't even think I had sneakers then. (laughs) I, I remember I got benched maybe and I was picked off and it was Sunday and you know, I was like, why not? Who knows how long I'll be in this league. <laughs> okay, let's just start with that. Did you enjoy last night? Um, if you had asked me, see, see, here's the answer. It's changed over time. If you had asked me five years ago, I would say, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, as, an, as an entertainment value, I'm sure, yeah, last night I was like, wow, this is, you know, six fights. I enjoyed that. But as someone personally who i look at a bigger picture um and i realize that small pictures need to be painted in order to get a big picture i don't like it because if you're a fair weather fan and i i was on calgary 960 yesterday uh spouting off about this it's okay for us fans who've been a fan as long as we have seen that it's normal but if you're a fair weather fan and say you turn on the tv and you're from new york and you saw six fights and you're sitting there with your five-year-old, are you going to let him watch the game again? Or is that fan now lost forever? I don't know. I feel like yeah. I can make the argument the other way where it's like, hey, maybe you never tuned into a hockey game before and well, now you see passion intensity that's not there in any other sport and you decide, you know what, I'm going to tune in the next time uh, that there is Maybe I can, I can weigh in because I actually do have a five-year-old who uh, he wasn't watching and I didn't say, hey, come watch this. But if he had – and I've, I've – I've, he's seen hockey fights before and I think with the proper context I, I honestly do not think I'm a bad parent because I let him watch a hockey fight no, say, no. this, this is a thing I... that happens in this sport and obviously you do not do this in real life but this happens in this sport um, it doesn't happen all the time but yeah I think if you're a parent worth your salt you can you can explain it in a, in a proper manner to your five-year-old yeah, and I'm not saying you're a bad parent or not. No, I know. I'm I know just looking at it from uh, the perspective of 
So here's the thing. I did this breakdown yesterday on the fan, and I'm going to do a little bit of it now. And it's just the comparisons of the NBA to the NHL. And some people say it's an unfair comparison, but guess what? We both play 82-game schedules. We're in the same arena. We play in the winter. So technically the market share, right? You're looking at a total market share. of We're kind of competing for the same eyeballs a lot of the time. And in, in 2007, the average NBA team value is at $363 million. Okay, in 2020-21, 2.2 billion average worth of a franchise in 2021. So they've grown 6.1 times over the past 14 years. That being the growth average being 0.43 per year. So technically every two years, an NBA club value doubles. The NHL was worth 200 million in 2007. The average team worth now is at 653 million. The NHL growth is at 3.2 times in 14 years. So that being said, when you average that out, it's 0.23. So it takes roughly a little over five years for an NHL franchise team to double. So on a simple basis, the gap in 2007 goes from 50% to 300% now. So that's the difference in 14 years it's made between the NHL and the NBA. It's a 250% difference in the size of a, of a, mar- or of a club comparative till, from then till now. And when I start to look at all the different things that they've done compared to us over those 14 years, the first thing it comes down to is promoting their stars. That's number one. They promote them. They put them on a pedestal. They protect them. They protect the stars because they're targeted, but you should protect everyone in the league but you have to protect the starts because they're the most targeted. The number two thing I kept coming into is they, they promote player safety and, and not last night. The fights are still part of the game. I'm fine with that. But what happened the night before with Tom Wilson, again, I'm not on the fence of he needs to be suspended for life or 50 games or 20 games or 30 games. And he doesn't need to be a $5,000 fine. I'm like, you got to give him something for the intent to basically, he could have killed him if he would have hit his head a little harder, you know? Or if he didn't be killed, maybe he cracked his skull and he can't play again. He was that close. Mm-hmm. So treat it as such. That is an intent to injure. It was a malicious play. So treat it as such. And last night could have been completely helped if you would have even just gave him a one-game suspension. Dude, And yeah. they didn't do that. So they didn't Did- promote player safety. So if you're going to look at going forward in the league, and you're looking at the Fairweather fan. I'm just looking at the Fairweather fan with a child who maybe wants to put their kid in hockey or start watching it. That, for me, you're possibly losing a person who's going to play the game in 5, 10, 15 years from now, and you're possibly losing someone who could be a fan a day or two or five years from now. Now, people like us, again, we've been around the game forever. It's normal to us. I'm talking about introducing new eyeballs to the game. The other thing, they focus on individuality, promoting their players, right? They've really focused on that. So there's three things. I can go on and on talking about how the NBA's focused on grassroots level, and I know the game's cheaper to play at the start. You need a ball and a basket. But guess what? They focused in Europe. They focused in China. They focused their energy on grassroots levels and growing the initiatives and also putting eyeballs on the screen and all these other markets. Throughout these last 14 years, especially when Adam Silver came in, and this league, that league has blown up, and we've had incremental differences that technically the players pay out of their own pockets through escrow to gain or to the league, back to the league and to the owners. These guys are paying 20% escrow and deferring their salaries at 10%. So I'm just saying, where's the disconnect? And, and I get, I've had this argument with my best friend last night. He said, you can't compare the two. I'm like, okay. 
well, what else do we compare it to? He's like, you got to compare basketball to soccer. I'm like, we're comparing these two because they're both played in the winter. They were both relatively close. No, that's where the comparison should stop, though, Chris. Like, I like it's just it's not like the NBA doesn't look at the NHL the same way that the NHL looks at the NBA. And like, I just I think it's kind of um, a real oversimplification to look at like the popularity growth between the two teams and equate it to like the product and player safety. Like, there's just so many different things. Whether it's like global reach and like, yeah, you can't really underestimate like the popularity of basketball being exponentially bigger than hockey and more accessible than hockey. Like, I don't really think that people are signing their kids up for basketball versus hockey because they're like, this is so much safer in the NBA. Like, stars are protected. They're doing it because they're like, hey, I can spend, like, I can get my kid fancy sneakers for $200. Like, let's say $200 sneakers. It's like, what hockey equipment, like, okay, cool, you can get, like, your neck protector. Like, what, what are you getting here? Like, it's just not even close. It's not even in the same stratosphere. Plus, it's like, like the places that you can play it with access to ice. To, like, there's just so many but things. But I think the, we're losing the plot yeah. here, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're losing. I'm not. I'm not arguing the access to the game. Sure, but I'm just I'm saying that, arguing. like, if we're talking about problems with hockey, it's I like player safety versus accessibility in terms of like the growth of the game is like that. Like, I I don't, I don't think that it's even uh, like a near comparison. Um. Yeah. Again, let's get let's get on topic here, which is the fighting and the idea that someone would be turned off from the game. And it's all anecdotal, right? And uh, the the way I'm gauging this is through Twitter, Twitter which is uh, like, it's not a it's not a fair way to do it. It's the only way I can do it, though. And the people who are pushing back against yesterday was not people who have never been hockey fans, who are sports fans, who are disgusted. It's the people inside the game who have who. You know, they they did grow up with it and have decided that they no longer want it. Maybe what you're saying is correct, Chris, that there are more people that would be turned off hockey forever than are turned on. Anecdotally, I can't see that. And also, if we're going to do a, a graph and we're going to talk about the growth in popularity between the two sports, the NBA and the NHL, and how it's not growing at the same level, fighting has reduced over the years. Couldn't you make the opposite argument that, okay, hockey's not becoming more popular and hockey and, and fighting is becoming less a part of the game? Isn't that also a fair argument? Well, we're caught in limbo is what the argument is. For my, my sake, back to that is we try to – our skill players are only showed 70% of what they totally can do on the ice. We still allow the C and the B player to play up to the A player's level through basically underwriting the rule book. So slashing the stick, slashing the hands, interfering. These are plays where I'm talking about even protecting the superstars. It's protecting the rule book. So our superstars can't fully be on display to show their full talents. And you think McDavid's showing what he can do now? Could you imagine if the rule book was just called properly, what he would fully do? And what people love watching the skill and the speed of that. But what happens is, for me, when I'm watching some games too, is you can really slow the game down and bog it down just because you can underwrite the rule book within the game. I mean, I played the game. That's what we would do. I'd skate in front of Sidney Crosby all game and interfere him all game long. I did it with, you can pull it up, in 2016 with McDavid. I shadowed him for a full game. He didn't get a point. I stood in front of him. I hit, interfered him. I took probably 25 penalties on him all night. Not one was called. So I'm just saying the argument for me in that sake is if you're not going to fully put these guys on display and protect them within the rule book, then I'm, I think you're going to still stay in this limbo of relative growth where you're going to have it every, year after year. 
But dude, look at how much change has happened even since that game for you, right? Like, do you not see changes in hockey where it's already opening up so much more? Like, again, we're conflating different things here now, right? It's like calling the rule book. It's like, actually, if we're talking I, about calling the rule book yeah. and, and like doing things from the letter of the law, that's why the NHL ended up in the place where they didn't suspend Tom Wilson because they went and looked at it and said, well, we don't suspend guys for rabbit punches for the back of the head, and then we don't suspend guys for scrums and takedowns and scrums afterwards. And so following the letter of the law you think, you actually think that hurt was, them have, you, have you been in a scrum? Have you been in a scrum like that? No. God, no. I'm just asking you. That's not a scrum. Okay. No, no, no. I'm when, saying when you that. Don't, when you have your helmet off and a guy grabs you, I've been in a thousand scrums. I'm telling you this right now. I've been in a thousand. I've grabbed guys, tough guys. They know. You're telling them at no point, at no point, was Panarin going in there to fight. Tom Wilson, you can see there was clear intent at the time. He knew he had Panarin. He didn't have some t- The Rangers don't even have a tough guy that can fight Tom Wilson. Mm-hmm. And that was a scrum. That was He had no helmet on. He leveraged Panarin over his leg and ripped him to the ground. If you're no, calling dude, that a scrum, you. you're out of your I mind. Know, I know. This no, is Chris. why we're, we're losing the plot because Chris, we, we, we came on the radio you. and said that Tom Wilson should have been suspended in, we, at, we at agree least with for you. a game. The point is is that be, by following it and calling it a scrum, like when we're saying following the letter of the law is the way to get the game on track, it's like it's not always binary like that because there you can see it where it's like them following the rule book or the one that they've created for themselves in that player department of safety led to the lack of a suspension. It was the unwillingness to make the change. Anyways, the point is is that the fact is the league has gotten better at these things. The league has already organically grown into a place where there's more skill. There's more embracing of skill. Like, it's going to continue to progress that way naturally. Could I just, I have a, no it, it could get better. And of course, could they call the rule book better? And like, you've been advocating for this for a very long time. But when it comes to fighting, just this element of it, where it's like some accountability amongst the players, I just, yeah, I think if we're worried about fair weather fans or people that might leave your sport because of one night of fights, it's like then you have the wrong priorities. This has been hockey's problem for a long time is that they haven't taken care of and they haven't cared about the actual real fans. And that losing those people is actually a lot more critical than losing the odd person who's like, wow, I tuned in for hockey and now there's a fight? Wow, I'm shocked by this. I'm out of here. Like you were always going to lose that person. Did the research, if they did the research and found out that, hey, we ban fighting tomorrow and we can grow this sport exponentially in the next couple of years. Guess what's happening tomorrow? Fighting is getting banned. And I don't know if you can do a a fair research analysis on that, but it it really feels like we're making this argument that it's already kind of happening organically. It's it's not the same world when it comes to fights that it was 10 years ago, even two years ago, even though fighting is slightly up this year. But that it remains a part of the game because if it wasn't, more people would be turned off of it than more people would be turned on it from banning fighting. I, I, I'm not... Here's what I'm saying, too, is I don't... If you're going to have fighting, then you better allow a guy who can defend what happened to Panarin in the game, okay? You better, you better take the instigator rule out, and you better have guys like Wilson who's going to run around be scared that if he acts like that, there's, he's going to have someone to answer to. I am fine with that. But you can't have this middle ground. You either got to protect the players fully yep. and either have fights that are legit or not at all. I'm not saying at all. But you either have fights that are legit or not at all. Or you, bring, you take out the instigator altogether and you bring the fighters back so you keep these guys honest. Okay, well, don't- it's one way or the other. You, and again, go go back to what you said. Go do your market research and ask yeah. the fan, right? 
ask the fan. You're the company. See what they want, okay? If if 99% of fans come back and they're still fans because of this, right, you got your answer. If they're not, you got your answer. You go answer. You go ask Fairweather fans. You should have people doing this critical analysis as sure. we speak right now. You have the funds to do it. You're owned by billionaires. You should have people marketing and asking a Fairweather fan, a non-hockey fan. You should have pools of each and every subject. And you should ask them and start to get their analysis back and then make an educated decision off that. But also, again, we, I'm, I'm for the advocate of player safety being no headshots, right? That's number one for me. I still want hitting. Everyone says, you don't want hitting? That's not what I want. I still love a good, hard hit, clean check. I just don't want anything to the head. If it's a byproduct to the head, I still don't want anything to the head. That's it. That's what I don't want. I want players to be individually shown on a uh, I want players to show their individuality I think it's critical especially in today's game I'm gonna say it again you don't want me to you don't want me to compare it but LeBron James has 83 million followers Ovechkin has 1.6 I know you 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 think it, it is more global I agree with you it's more accessible travel teams though in either sport are pretty comparative now for price generally not including equipment but that's the thing is if you're looking at all these players and that's where the kids are and the eyeballs are. It's in social media. So individuality is critical for social media. And, and Alexander Ovechkin is probably our biggest personality, and you can see why. He's our best player too, right? And then, and then just promoting the superstars and giving them a, a, an environment to fully flourish. But you can find all these things out with, again, like you said, getting to know the fan, every single fan, and then make your, your analysis after that. I'm not saying it's one way or the other. I don't know. I'm just going off of what I see and what I read and seeing the numbers in front of me. Uh, Chris, I really appreciate your passion on the subject. And I think there's a lot, though, that we said that we actually agree on. Uh, but, yeah, we kind of danced around. I think we agreed on just about everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like actually every single yeah. thing was in agreement. We got, I wish we had more time to do this. And, yeah, like, yeah obviously we'll talk to you next week. But, yeah, we got to run. Uh, but this I'm going to find a new sport to compare next week. Should we compare the MLS? <laughs> well, I was going to say, maybe. yeah, maybe like lacrosse. Like, that, like the yeah. NBA definitely. Or maybe the looking, UFC, which yeah. is actually actually growing exponentially as well, uh, right? That's yeah, huge. Yeah, yeah okay. they definitely have peaks and valleys in their growth too, right? Yeah. It's, yep. They're doing I mean, all right, they though. They only sport on TV, <laughs> like yeah. with fans. So yeah. it, is, it is crazy, yeah. I know. Crazy uh, time. Great job, guys. All right, See you, you too, Thanks Chris. for doing this. We'll talk soon. See you, bud. Uh, it's Chris for Stieg. All right, so, one, I'm an idiot. Uh, I said Mike Judah was in Slapshot. He was in Youngblood. Again, idiot. Stupid. I say things because I think they're true, and they're not. Uh, but yes, I don't even think he was credited, but um, one of the stars of Youngblood with Rob Lowe <laughs> joins us now. Mike Fuda, former assistant GM of the Los Angeles Kings and uh, Sportsnet contributor. What's going on, Mike? I'm trying to pick myself off the floor. I mean, I know I'm aging, but Slapshot... <laughs> I know, I know, it's bad. It's bad. That's okay. No, and I was definitely, uh, I was not up for any uh, supporting awards in uh, my minor role in Youngblood, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, it looked like fun. I saw the back of your head in the, the still that you showed on Twitter. 
was I was reacting to readers' assault on Racky there, so it was it was quite the time. Racky actually was pretty funny for all the hockey that's going on now. His name was George, and he showed up at the camp, and he he had like 450 there too at the time. So the director just wrote him into the script. That's high caliber Hollywood acting at its best. Uh, yeah, I don't know if JD is connected because he's trying to speak and I can't hear him. But um, all right, let's get into the topic du jour, which we've spent a lot of time on today, but we could spend honestly the the whole show on uh, analyzing and discussing what went down between the Rangers and the Capitals yesterday and whether it's good for hockey. Just like your overall sense, Mike, and, and paying attention to the conversation on social media, what what was yesterday what did that mean to the National Hockey League in the year 2021? Well, I mean, I watched it. I mean, I tuned in at 7 o'clock to see what's going on. So, I mean, it means people, if they think something's going to happen, and obviously we've been talking about it, so that isn't good. But I, I just wanted to see, I mean, I was really disappointed in the way it was handled the night before. As I talked at length, I'm a huge Tom Wilson fan. I love him on my team. Um, but when you're, I just thought it was selfish. I mean, when you got a six game suspension, why would you even poke, even try to attempt to cross a line that could jeopardize your playing for your team in the playoffs coming up? And that, and that I felt was selfish. I didn't like, you know, the, the star players ragged, being ragdolled. I didn't like the show in the penalty box after. I just think he's better than that. And I felt that if there was some kind of suspension, just to remind them. I think it's just when you smile in the penalty box after, et cetera. Just there had to be some kind of reminder that Tom, remember, we're watching these kind of things, and and you just can't throw it to throw throw it to the wind here. And uh, and again, to, and that's George Peros has it. That job must. I mean, and there's a lot of people that you know give their input, and George made his decision. But you could just tell, you know, and everybody's calling out the Rangers. They I even said they don't have anybody to match Wilson. So I mean, how are they gonna? who's going to be the sacrificial lamb that has to step up. No good for Brendan Smith that, I mean, as I said, if anybody ever met his brother, Rory Smith, he's one of the toughest players in history, but he might have done a little bit better job, but you know what? I mean, it just seems so scripted. Um, The whole thing, the first draw, it looked, I mean, again, it was, I'm I'm glad nobody got hurt. Um, I'm glad nobody, I'm glad that Zidane Char is a gentleman because (laughs) I found it more interesting to watch who was trying to avoid Char than who actually um, but it's went on, 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 and I don't believe it solved anything. Now you can say that you know you sit there and say, "Well, look at all the Rangers." Hey, hey, Mike, your 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 phone is melting down because it's one of those one of those days. We're gonna have to call you back. But yeah, no, it was uh, it was um, not inconspicuous. It was very conspicuous that Zidane Ochara was just standing there, dude. Um. It just feels like what's so hard about this, what happened last night, is we've turned it into 25 different things. I know. I'm trying to, and I'm trying to keep it on topic. I know, and but it, it's, it's so it's, hard. It's, it's hard. just like everybody wants to do the thing where, and we've done it ourselves, and everybody was like, like we were talking to Christopher Steeg earlier, and he's talking about like officiate the rule book. Diff- it's like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Like, this is all I want to know. Is that entertaining or not? Was that entertaining or not? And if the answer is no then guess what? You could have turned off the TV for one night and you can turn on hockey again tomorrow and it'll all go back to what you've loved before. Mm-hmm. Question number two. Is, is there some immorality to fighting in professional sports when, when it's consenting people who are 
participating in something that I think most want to like uh, that's question number two like we're, we keep doing all these other things of like mm-hmm. 25 different questions about la- what happened last night when re- in reality it's like it's just it's pretty simple it's like yeah no it's not going to be retribution to Tom Wilson properly he's not going to f- suffer the consequences of that of those actions because that was on the Department of Player Safety and we already went over this. Like, we already did that show. We've already done those debates, right? Did the NHL blow it? I think most people believe yes. Should he have been in that game last night? Most people believe no. Is fighting a part of hockey? It is. It, it just, it, it is. It's a part of hockey until it's not. And people keep doing these, like, weird strawmans of it's going to take somebody to die or when will they learn about mental health and all these just different weird things or people would tune in for a car crash and so it doesn't mean anything about fighting. It's like, all I want to know, that's it. Do you, do more people watch a game like that than they would on a regular night? And is that entertaining for more people than it isn't? Because that's wow. what this is ultimately. It's with human beings, of course. We all understand that. But it's an entertainment product and that's what it's trying to sell. It's trying to market being an entertainment product. And last night, that worked. Last night, that was real. That was a real moment between two teams where there was real hate. Some of the fighting, I guess, was probably a little staged, like when you see a guy like Edler mix it up with Strom and you're going, like, but those are two guys who just want to contribute and show they care too. So I just, that last night was just fun. It was good. I enjoyed it. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying that the idea that some people feel as though they are, as if there's like a right or a wrong answer here when it comes to whether that was entertaining is like, no, it's subjective, you morons. Well, that one I can answer. But, yeah, the question I want to pose back to Mike is, does the NHL feel like so many of the Twitterati would say that they should feel like a clown league in a circus yesterday, or are they looking around at the, the Rich Eisens of the world who are talking about their sport for the first time? It led time on SportsCenter south forever. of the border. How often does that happen in the States? So how do they view that? Does it lead in a positive way or a negative way? Yeah. Down there, was it like was it like was this a sideshow or whatever? Like I honestly, I did. I thought it grew. Positive. I thought it grew old last night. Okay, wait, and honestly, I watched it, and I was glad that nobody got, did get hurt. I would hate that if a bunch of guys missed the playoffs because they broke hands or knuckles and, and fights that were really just. I mean, I, I didn't, and I, trust me, I've seen it. I've seen it happen before. I mean, when Vegas did it with uh, Tortorella, I can't remember Tortorella was mm-hmm. coaching at the time. Like, I think that was in the playoffs. I just didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have the same feeling. That being said, I, I watched it because I, honestly, because I knew I was going to have to talk about it. There are other games I would have preferred to watch, um, but it was. I just don't. I don't get it, I, and I don't understand because eventually, you know what it led to? Burkowski cross-checking Mantha in the face. Yeah. Okay, that. It, it, and that's and that's brutal, and that part's brutal. But it led to that way because there's a guy that you, whatever. I mean, he was part of the first one. I mean, guys were sticking him all night. He was sticking guys back, so he wasn't going to pay the price and drop the gloves. So what does he do? After six fights, he knows he's not going to fight. He knows Manth is going to kill him, so he cross-checks him in the face. So I thought I did it, and I didn't enjoy that. <laughs> I didn't enjoy that. I didn't mind the scraps. I mean, again, they're not guys that are going to do it again and again and again, which is fine. They just showed they cared and there was passion. But eventually it led to something that could have been a lot worse because of the previous events. Do you think yesterday cost George Peros his job? Do you think that there is going to be some fallout for him? No, I think he'll, he'll have more support. I think he'll have more support. Those people in the office, they, they do that job for a living. They look at so many different angles. I mean, I get it that uh, I get it that I believe what my understanding of it was that he was evaluating, you know, just a bigger, stronger guy that was flipping guys around. And I know we've beaten it, beaten it to death, but I, I am of the person to believe that when somebody 
does have six previous suspensions, that that has to come into play when you're evaluating things that aren't as egregious as others might think. Like this whole Tom Wilson has to be gone. That's a, that for me is completely off the rockers. I mean, as I said, if the New York Rangers, if they could solve this by saying, okay, New York Rangers, you have the rights to Tom Wilson, they would just gladly take it and run. Because <laughs> that's, that's the kind of player everybody covets. I mean, we talked for weeks, guys, that this is the, with the least. They've, they've addressed this being soft in the playoffs with all these guys they've brought in. And, and, and that's why we're excited about the least playoffs starting. Hopefully they're healthy. But it, yeah, so I mean, unfortunately, I, I am of the agreement that I would much be spending time talking about TJ Oshie's three goals than this ongoing. Uh, and I love discussing the code because I love to get people's perspective like Kevin BX on that, from that side of the coin and stuff like that. I mean, it seems like such a multi-headed monster, but I, I, after a while last night, I didn't find that entertaining anymore. Yeah. You love the sport and, I, and I believe fighting's part of it. Yeah. I, I, I do, but I just, I, I just don't think that's a good look for the game. And again, yeah. you can sit there and I know you guys, you joke and you talk about it because you're, you're huge fans, and I'm a fan of the game as well. But I, I do think that if that incident, Kaprizov came so close to not without his helmet, sorry, uh, Panarin came so close without his helmet on there to it being us talking about something different, you've you got to be aware of that. There's got to be a bit of a safety concern. You can't just say because he's a lighter guy. Because if he cracks his head on the ice there, which very, came very close to happening, then we're having a different discussion. Of course we are. And... I, again, I think that's what's made this show and yet, like yesterday's show was actually easier, and like the reaction to the Tom Wilson stuff was easier because I think it was a little bit more binary. Like, hey, we agreed. With, I, like our take was basically the same one you had, and yeah, I understand how the NHL came to that decision to not like dis- discipline him with the suspension, but I also think it was a pretty short-sighted conclusion that they came to, and and a, and a poor. Uh, decision that they came to because of all the reasons that you just outlined but it's now been conflated and it's like emotions are running so high from fans and from pundits and from all these different people and actually like i just think that in general like everybody in ontario and canada and covid times and being online is already like at a way heightened sense of sensibilities and just easier to access emotions and to be a little bit more visceral and all these things but ultimately it has resulted in this thing where it's like normally that just happens like there's a fight and there's a line brawl and it turns into some other fights and it becomes something where we go like oh that was fun that was like an entertaining thing and now we're just moving past it and some people don't love it and some people hate it but now it feels like this complete culture war thing where everyone's like conflating a billion different issues and they're trying like you know when they try to pass a bill and and they go okay well now we're adding this onto it and this amendment this amendment this amendment. it's like that's how i feel watching this debate evolve is that it's like what are we arguing here like, what is everyone having a discussion on right now? Because it feels like everybody is having a discussion about a billion different things instead of just, like, the ones that I, I keep thinking we're doing. Where I'll be like, oh, are we just discussing whether or not last night was fun? Okay, because that's easy. That's just subjective. Are we discussing whether hockey is good for the game or not? Are we discussing whether villains are good for the game or not? Well, like, how to market the NHL properly, how to protect the stars properly. Like, it's just, it's getting to be too much. Like, some guys are talking about this stuff with them when it comes, like, to, from a world aspect. Oh my God! Well, you know, I'll tell you guys from my perspective as someone that takes a lot of pride in the team building and building a culture. If I'm building a team, when I'm drafting players, you had to have a Kyle Clifford. You had to, even when I was in, it was an ongoing debate when we were getting younger in Los Angeles. We had to have Curtis McDermott. You know, and I and and I still and these aren't guys. These are guys that can actually play, but they can handle themselves and they can protect their teammates. 
and these teams that are going for it. That's why a guy like Char is still critical. That's why Wayne Simmons and, and Nick Foligno are critical to this team moving forward. So this is not this isn't me pulling out a you know a halo and a do-gooder kind of thing. I just think when you're you you got to have a consistency of your of your message, and if you're really preaching, like I'm not one to see hockey fights getting filtered out of hockey. I don't want to see that. I don't think it's going to happen. But when you're really preaching the importance of like little rules, like if you if your helmet pops off, you know you got to stay right to the bench. Yeah, <laughs> or it's a minor penalty. I mean, there's just got there's got to be a level of consistency of protecting players' health and. Again, I mean, I, I don't know if you guys had Steger on this morning, Chris, but he gets at it. He, he gets at it. It's like you see now when the stars are they're talking about McDavid's got his stick up now all the time because guys are taking advantage of him. And Crosby, you know, Crosby kind of pleases himself because they don't have somebody uh, on the team that is going to handle that kind of stuff. So I, I'm a big believer that the, a, a player of such unique value is one that's like the old school Bob Probert that can score you 30 goals or 20 goals and still keeps everybody on the ice honest. And right now that's Tom Wilson. Yeah. Well, there's also some value in defending your teammates and not taking things lying down. And we've seen it here in Toronto. Like how many times have goalies been run in years previous? And it's like, well, nothing happens. And best no, revenge absolutely. is living well. And it's scoring on the power play. Okay. That's all well and good. If your power play is going well, it's also nice to just show some passion. And, and honestly, the the idea that the Rangers didn't respond in some way when that that the initial Tom Wilson play on Monday happens in the second period and nothing happens and I, I and it, like yeah nothing stupid you wanted to happen but I think that played into it massively yesterday and especially you listen to some of the players post game they were a little bit sheepish about how that went down on Monday and relying entirely on the suspension to 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 answer the bell for them like putting teams together Mike it, that still has to be a consideration that your team is so tight knit that they they wouldn't respond in or have a lack of response like the Rangers did on a Monday 100% you're so right but look that's what I'm getting to think that's why I felt yesterday was was somewhat as much as it was a good response if you've got the proper group it happened immediately they're a non-playoff team if they cared so much about so were they sitting there on the bench saying, "Oh, don't worry, the league's going to take care of this." Our star players just got carried off the ice. Right. They weren't responding. They needed to hear, you know, they needed to hear the backlash that they didn't have anybody that they didn't care about each other. And I don't think it had anything to do. I think you know the lack of a suspension went wow. But if again, like you see last night, somebody hits Kaprizov, Marcus Foligno, boom, he's in there. It's I think it was Hague in Vegas and stuff like that. Like. The guys that do it and the timing of uh, teams that really, I think, are ready to move forward, especially when you're a non-playoff team, then there would have been a message sent right immediately. Like, look what just happened. I'm going to respond. It shouldn't have taken everything. And that's why I said I don't think this one's over because I think New York has to address the roster situation moving forward because they have a ton of young talent and make sure that there's somebody in their lineup that can play that's not a knuckle drag or something, but they can play. They can look out for those guys and make sure that they don't get taken advantage of. Dude, so right. And, and like, so many people are having a hard time relating to this because they try to say things like, it's barbaric or whatever, blah, 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 blah. What do we all want in life? It's to be supported, right? It's to feel like people have our back. It doesn't matter what kind of walk of life you have or what kind of work you do. You want to feel like people have your back and that if something goes wrong, if someone does you wrong, that the people who are supposed to be your support structure will show up. 
And I'm sorry, but in hockey, that is with physicality. No one's going to say, like, your guy gets buried, and then you go to the dressing room and go, like, hey, man, I'm sorry that happened to you. Like, I really hope you get back out there later. Like, you know, I'll be there for you in practice. Like, you need to drive somewhere later? Like, that's just not how it works. So, like... You saw those guys. Did you see those? Like, honestly, there's guys that are fighting angry, and there's, like, when you've got a bunch of... And, and that, that was absolutely hilarious, by the way. But if you saw those guys that are fighting... Yeah. You know, you know, at the end, like real like, guys that when it was breaking up, like patting them, patting the guys in the pants, like good tilt, yeah. good tilt, like yeah, that was their nine hundred their career. Like, come on, like, yeah. and that wasn't my role, but I just didn't think that's when I said again. So it, it was, it, it was, it was, you know what? If you, if you look at the end product and there were no injuries, it was entertaining. I'm happy that Mantha's, you know, didn't get his teeth cross checked out, or but I, I still think this, and this is what again. I talked to a couple of people last night. They said, "Oh, it's over. It's over." And I'm thinking, I, I don't believe it's over. I, I don't yeah. believe it's over for one for one second. And I don't. I don't want not it to reach be. it. I don't well, there you go. And that's good yeah, for it's good, good for you. But I think there. I think when Mark Messier, arguably the greatest leader of all time, stands up, mm-hmm. and he's the last captain of the last Ranger Stanley Cup team, and says, "This team is not. This roster is not built to win in the streets, or whatever he, how he put it, or basically what he's saying is to win in the playoffs, or when it gets tough." Mm-hmm. That speaks volumes, okay? The three of us can talk forever. That's Mark Messier, okay? He's just saying he's not, he's not giving his life bonded service of the, uh, what happened in these events. He just does not think that roster is tough enough for all the skill they've assembled. They've got to add some toughness to make sure that skill is, isn't harmed like that. There will be a, there's a lot, a lot of Twitter accounts who know more than Mark Messi these days. I got to say, <laughs> there are a lot of people out there who are like, yeah, no, it's Mark Messi. What does he Listen, know? Listen, Lays uh, I, I got are not the best chips. That, that's yeah. where uh, I know more than on. Mark. Listen, Before, Lays so I, I think we're all kind of coming to uh, a, a pretty similar place here. And again, I just think that the entertainment thing is subjective. And it's just, but like the, like, hockey and having fighting like that's not it's just it is a part of it for now and so like if you can't handle that like I, I'm sorry but just like don't watch because it's going to happen every once in a while and come back later because most of the time you're not going to see that um, what do you make of just what happened in New York with the firings because I gotta say from a basketball perspective that's more normally where we think of James Dolan it's always like yeah. oh right and Does he, he owns the watch? Rangers too yeah, yeah because it's 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 a it's a hey this guy's actually been getting a lot of credit recently in the NBA world because he hired the right people put them in place and seems to be a little bit more hands off and then yesterday these firings happen everyone obviously rushes out and goes like well what happened here like did they rush out and make a statement that Dolan didn't support and is he using this because he's unhappy with the team like we're trying to like go through again it's so hard to sort through this because there's so many different angles and elements and pieces to it that you Friedman wonder exactly. Said- Friedman right. said that, that, that the lack of response on Monday, though, actually was a factor here. It wasn't the, right. the sole pushing factor here, but it was but, one that was a consideration. So I want to just do this. Like, what do you think of what happened? Like, what do you think happened there? And how is it being looked at around league circles? Because, yeah, this is, like, obviously one of the most, like, plum jobs that's out there. I don't think that anyone's going to turn down jobs or anything like that. But what people actually make of that position now? Um. Well, my surprise was more John Davidson um, yeah. because he's kind of like one of the pillars of the franchise. I mean, he, there was such a big deal left about when he left Columbus to go to the Rangers, and that's kind of in his, you know, that's just his that's his brand. Uh, but from, uh, from my understanding, the people on the know, this was the owner's statement. Uh, I don't think I don't, and again, not being in there, it's speculation. But the one thing I just from what I perceived 
is Chris Jury was offered the Pittsburgh Penguin job um, right out of the gate, the general manager's job. And when he pulled his name out, that usually means that there's been an internal discussion that there's better days ahead for you internally. So I just took it at that, that Chris was going to be the next general manager. Like I knew the Rangers were disappointed with their season. No, no disrespect to Jeff or anybody. It's a tough job to do. Um, but my, my just, my initial thing when someone is off, like the Pittsburgh Penguins is a pretty plum job too. And this is no disrespect to Ron Hextall or Berkey anything, but it was, I mean, I heard right out of the gate that Drury was offered the job and turned it down because he knew that there was, there was better, better days ahead for him at the Rangers organization. So I believe this was a decision that was going to be come to fruition in the off season. And I think the the, the events and kind of the lack of support that I, I don't think Jeff and, the, and, and um, John Davidson were really thrilled about that. The timing of that, that letter from the owner going out and it was probably just, okay, this is going to happen anyways. Just let's expedite the process, which again, I think it's such a, and everybody says Mr. Dolan is like, he's very impulsive and he's the owner. He can be impulsive, but I think too, just by doing it at the time you did it, you left yourself open to the debate that we're having. Did it have something to do with it? You know? So I, so I think there was a lot of impulsive decisions that everybody regrets starting with Tom Wilson and ending with Mr. Dolan and the guy that usually, <laughs> the guys that usually uh, end the debates is, is the guy named Mr. Batman. So <laughs> I still, I still think he waited last night to see how the Rangers responded. Now I think there's going to be a big fine and I have no reason to say, I think there's going to be a huge fine for the letter. I don't, I think they'll kind of, cause the fighting really didn't break any rules and nobody got hurt, but and I think that is going to get suspended and, and we'll move on, and the Rangers will uh, get out their uh, Craigslist looking for an enforcer. Yeah, uh, it's true. I don't think uh, James Dolan at all feels any regret, though. That's the only thing. Uh, <laughs> Mike? I agree. Uh, I agree. I <laughs> uh, appreciate the time, as always. Thanks for doing this, man. Thanks, See guys. Man. Have a great day. You too, you buddy. Too. Uh, Mike Fuda, former assistant GM of the LA Kings. We would have... We would have really gotten a sense of whether Fuda was in the running for the GM job there had he been like, you know, I think James did a really good thing. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like he's a he's an astute guy. He has his finger on the pulse. He pulled the trigger at all the right times. It's, honestly, I think he's kind of one of the better, more underrated owners in professional sports. <laughs> that would have been amusing. Uh, whenever I hear Mark Messier's name now, all I can think of is our friend Andrew Walker <laughs> yelling at the guy when we were on a rooftop patio across the laneway to another rooftop patio at a guy who we said, hey, look, that's Marc Messier, assuming we meant it's a guy that looks like Marc Messier. He's wearing the leather jacket, screaming moose 50 times, him actually turning around and it being Marc Messier and the look on Andrew Walker's face when he realized he was the biggest idiot that is known to man. Like I'll I'll never hear Mark Messier's name and not think of that incredible moment in my life. Yeah, that was the, one of the cringiest moments of my life, personally. I think I left after that. <laughs> <laughs> this hurt my. This hurt a lot. This felt bad <laughs> for everyone involved. Especially knowing that that was Walker's one of his childhood heroes. So yes. That he embarrassed himself to that degree in front of him. Oh, man. He, like, hid behind... When he turned around and he was like, oh, my God, that's actually Mark Messi. We're like, yeah, we know, buddy. That's what we said. And that he hid behind the wall. Yeah. Oh. Ugh. 
<laughs> Did you remind me of that? And I like actually need a break. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of anything else other than the and the wanting to disappear and feeling. Well, I just wanted to be translucent in that moment. Oh my yelling God. like that at a bar. Ugh. Yeah, someone okay, who works in time. sports media. Yeah. So break you time. host a radio show. Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right. And I, hey, you know, uh, I, again, I, I, I just. I love this show because I've said it from the top is that it gets us like flesh things out, right? And we can come to different conclusions from the beginning as the start. And that's just actually where I've kind of landed on it today. Is like whatever you're deciding to debate today, pick a lane, right? Pick a lane and actually debate what is being put in front of you and stop making it about something else that it isn't, right? Mm-hmm. But two, that if you're trying to say that the entertainment of last night was in some way you are conclusively correct in your stance of it was fun or not, that is actually what aggravates me more than anything. It's the finger-waving of the people that are conflating what is sports into areas that it just like really doesn't need to go. Mm-hmm. And that it's like, okay, if you don't like it, no one's forcing you to watch. In fact, part of this discussion is that it's such a competitive market with things that you can watch and that you can give your attention to that it's not a big deal if you don't watch Rangers Capitals on a given night because guess what? You wouldn't have anyway. You already yeah, weren't well, doing it. And if it's ta- it's turned you off the sport to such a degree that you'll never watch again, oh, then okay. You were, I, I, something was going to happen anyway. Eventually, but, you were going to be But gone. if that was the case, again, the NHL would see that that was happening they yeah. would look at a spreadsheet and see what – okay, look at this. There was this date where oh, our ratings tanked but, and the interest again, in the sport went off the rails. Okay, no more fighting ever. Right. But but that's okay. But I also think – I think it's Bob McCallum who has the line of if they banned hockey, would anybody stop watching? And the answer is but like probably fighting. not very... Yeah. Well, they would probably no. stop watching if they banned hockey, which is what you said. Oh, whoops. Well, yeah, they would stop watching hockey if they banned hockey. If they banned fighting in hockey, then – I I think that there's a it's a pretty good point by Bob where it's hmm you know I I don't know how many viewers it would lose I don't know how many people would stop just watching it entirely I think that maybe some people would say they would at first and then they would come back because they're used to watching hockey and they have their established viewing habits so I'm not even gonna I'm not even saying one way or the other about whether or not it's good for the game my opinion is that it is okay that's just my opinion I'm not saying I'm right or wrong all I'm saying is that if you feel as though the need to make this about something greater, like some higher morality outside of a hockey game where guys are trying to have a scrap, have a go, and stick up for teammates, and you're trying to take this application and put it into a greater world thing where it's like, hey, um, this isn't peaceful or something, you know, like we need world peace and this is in conflict. It's like, please don't do that. Like, please do not make the equivalency of, like, what's happening in our world right now and and the games. It's a game. It's a game and it's an entertainment product and you don't have to watch it. And it is not having a greater impact on today's youth or, you know, it's not. This is not what is going to bring our society to a halt. This is not going to make us crumble as people, okay? Like, let's just not do that thing. Okay? okay. Let's just not do okay. that thing. And conversely, I'll I'll go against you know the people in what I think is my own kind of I guess if we're being put into tribes here, which is yeah, guess what? Fighting is not the most integral part of hockey. Okay? It's just yeah. not. If it was, there'd be happening every night. It would be the yeah. most important thing, and we It'd wouldn't be have that fight league to... in Quebec. Right. 
And guess what? Nobody wants to watch that fight league in Quebec because it's trash. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, it, you know, trying to conflate these two things into like you're soft or you're a loser or whatever if you don't like a fight. It's like, no, some people just don't like fighting. That's cool. Mm-hmm. But if you want to get rid of it, I don't think that you should personally. This is just my opinions. But stop pretending like everybody like that there's things that greater play here when it's just like it's a hockey game. It's just a mm-hmm. fun hockey game. It's a fun night where we all got to kind of watch the same thing. Okay? And we all got to talk about the same thing. That was cool. I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. I like this. Be the envy of uh, the neighborhood. Craftsman and Sportsnet teaming up to give one lucky winner the chance to win $20,000 in cash and Craftsman tools and storage to create their own dream garage. To enter for your chance to win the Craftsman Dream Garage Contest, visit sportsnet.ca slash, uh, slash craftsman. Enter weekly to increase your chances. No purchase necessary. Contest ends June 20th, 2021. See rules for details. Craftsman tools are available at Lowe's and Rona stores across Canada and Amazon.ca.